Jackson gave me the news of a planet far away. And Colonel O'Neill will assemble a team that will try to save the day. Dr. Sam has a master plan and a science attitude. And the Jaffa Teal is part of the deal with his trusty Goa'uld. It's just a regular day at Stargate Command And it might be hard to understand Welcome back, everyone. Woo! Welcome back. Hello. Hello. I always have to remove my headphones because Aki is just like blasting. Margin in charge. He's <laughs> larger than life. <laughs> it's like okay. he's just screaming it in my ear. Like he's right next to me. I love it. But also, I need to hear. Anyway. <laughs> I'm your co-fry, Sarah. I'm your co-fry, Christina. I'm your co-fry, Rebecca. And today we are talking about one of my personal favorite episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about season three, episode 16, which is Ergo. Uh, but Ergo. before that, we do have, we didn't forget you now. We told you we wouldn't. We promised. You sent us a message through Patreon. And we would like to read that because we did ask. We posed the question. And someone has answered. So, of course, we would love to share that. Do we want to go into the fry box for it? Oh, yeah. yes. Can we do that, um, Rebecca? We, Are we, you we equipped? We definitely want to go into the fry box. because we're three fry shards. How's that for reaction time? Love it. <laughs> On it. Uh, do you want to read it, Christina? Yeah. Cool. Um, alrighty. So now you said, hi, Fries. A couple episodes ago, you asked for stories about why someone enlisted. So I interrogated a bunch of relatives. Turns out there was a lot of different reasons. One great grandpa enlisted in the army during World War II because he had an obviously German surname and didn't want to get labeled as a sympathizer. My grandpa knew he was going to get drafted in the Vietnam War, so he preemptively joined the National Guard to avoid getting deployed. My uncle joined the army for college tuition, but got deployed to Iraq. He left as soon as he could. And my mom joined the National Guard to play in the band and travel the world. I have lots of military relatives and none of them joined for patriotic reasons. I was surprised by how many different reasons there were. The TV version is kind of polar. It's either shows like Stargate or NCIS where enlisting is a sacred honor or shows where soldiers are all bloodthirsty mercenaries. I suspect my family's motives are a lot more common than those extremes. So I found that really interesting. And I agree. I think you, that probably is kind of that normal space. I mean, for just whether it's touring the world or, you know, to avoid, honestly, like a smart move about avoiding the draft, being more in control. Like mm -hmm. I find all of that fascinating and I am thankful for sharing because I do think like, the shows it is so polarizing and it is so extremist it's really nice to hear kind of the reality of that so yeah, I, I, I love that 
agree. my friend Tyler, who I'm on vacation with right now, um, mm -hmm. his dad joined the Air Force so that he wouldn't get drafted into like the army or something worse during um, Vietnam. So he wanted a choice. Good. Yeah, that's like yep. good for them for taking control. And yep. I do agree that sometimes in media, it can be this glorified thing where it is all about like honor and glory and patriotism. Bleh. And when it's like, I would like to see more real portrayals of like, mm -hmm. I'm fucking poor, man. I need to go to school. Like, I want to be a doctor. I want to go mm -hmm. to school. Like, mm -hmm. that's why. And I, it's kind of a shame that we don't get those stories as much. It made me think because I have quite a few friends that are military. My sister's military and her husband's military. But of all of that, I only have one friend who I know joined for patriotic reasons. And it was because 9-11 happened. We were seniors in high school. And that really struck a chord with one of my friends. And it was in response to that. And it was like, gonna do my part i can save you know career for later or whatever and like that set his course but that's one yeah. person and it was in reaction to Something like literally we were seniors in high school 9-11 happened it was that like yeah. perfect timing yeah. that i think a bulk of that group did enlist for those reasons and then later on we'll speak for that but other than that i just don't hear a lot of it and you have to wonder too how much like kind of propaganda was being put in people's faces about like getting them to enlist. And they were probably playing into that patriotic, like mm -hmm. we need you to save the country and fight the mm -hmm. evil terrorism over in the yeah. bad place. Like I'm sure that they were really playing into that and playing that up. And well, I, and it, yeah, I mean, our, it's a healthy dose. Our military, you know, it, exists for all the positive reasons and of course there can be those mercenaries to the extreme but there's so much goodness in what it does to serve and protect us and i i personally have issue when like I hate when it gets totally demonized because like we can't do that that's not fair um yeah. but it's also not like we're not always the good guys like we have to be really realistic about our role in that so um, yeah i think and i've said this before but it's definitely like the military industrial complex where i kind of have the problem with mm -hmm. and not on the individual level of like an individual person joining and like that's mm -hmm. definitely much different um but i wonder how time will tell how we look back on that era and see because mm -hmm. like you look at like all the world war ii the propaganda posters of getting people to enlist and like yeah. now they could be viewed as art in like a like a very um like social art or something like that. So only time will tell if our kids are going to be studying like commercials from the two thousands of, oh, you know, God. yeah. How, yeah, how that will turn out. The curious case study. Gosh. Yeah. Anyway, but Nell, that was like an absolute fantastic response into it. And I think kind of answered what we were hoping to get an answer on, like that yeah. it's truly for, desperate times desperate matter you know we gotta make ends meet we we see what's happening i want to have a little bit of control um and yet, yeah no one was the same or just even like one of like her mom to join the band and travel the world mm -hmm. like what a wholesome reason where it's like i just want to get out there and see the world mm -hmm. and play some trumpet or whatever like yeah. instrument it was that's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Nell, I'd be curious um, what instrument your mom played in the band. or what Yes, she did please let band. us know. Which, also, which band? Um, yeah. They have a couple of them. So, 
be curious. Different kinds. I have a friend that was in their rock band, like their oh. folk rock band in, cool. in the army. Yeah, it's wild. I'm like, I didn't even know that was an option. Yeah. It's wild. Oh, that's fantastic. All righty. Do we have anything else for Frybox? Or we want to jump into Ergo? I think, I think we're good to jump into yeah. Ergo. I could talk for like two hours about the oh. Amanda Tapping event, but oh yeah, we, do wanna... I don't know if we got time in the, in an episode for that. So no, well, we, we need to touch on it though, because that I'm well, sure that was like a dream for you. But real quick, Nell says her mom played the French horn. Definitely oh, not rock. Well, nice. Can't, I love it. That's awesome. I love a French horn though. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, let's touch on it real quick. The Amanda Tapping event. Let's give it a let's give it a few minutes of highlight. Um, I'd like to hear from the two of you mm. how you what you thought about it because uh i, I remember it <laughs> but you know have you um, gone back and like watched the live stream again no no i have not <laughs> do you plan on it or are you just like i need I'm to well i think i'm gonna be the one that cuts it down into like a vod on the website so i yeah. think uh, i'm gonna have to at some point but that happened on saturday and then i was traveling so um i have just haven't really been able to sit down with it yet from so. a technical standpoint and from an event planning standpoint i just want to tell you you did a fantastic job mm -hmm. um there was nothing there was not a moment that was like unaccounted except for like when somebody's wi-fi like lagged here or there yeah it was planned out perfectly you everything stayed on task there was no like dead air or like weird silences um you it was very engaging. You had everything set up perfectly. Amanda was wonderful, of course. And no, think, of course. I think there's we no even, question there. <laughs> I think we were even talking like in the in like the whatever the pre waiting room area. Um, somebody even said in the comments of like Rebecca did such a great job mm -hmm. on this. Like I want to see her do more events. And mm -hmm. I think we were talking about like how your speaking voice is just so nice to hear and listen to. So I don't know if you got. I'm sure like everyone at the companion was giving you kudos, but I want to give you kudos as well. You did a fantastic job. You really Thank did. You. you really did. And what I appreciate about it is very much a conversation. It felt like a conversation amongst friends. There was such a community to the two of you having conversation, but it felt comfortable. It literally felt, it felt like having tea time with Amanda, you know, just like mm -hmm. sitting there and going through it and, you did such a wonderful job. I know how nervous you were. I know how like, anxious <laughs> you were and how like, but you do such a great job and it, you two really are dynamic too. Not to like give you any sort of like extra praise on this that is not due. Like, I mean it wholeheartedly. I couldn't imagine that happening with somebody else and having that same chemistry because you have a true admiration for her as a person and that shows in how you talk to her and how she talked to you. Um, and that, meant a lot I think to a lot of the people that we were in the chat with of really just recognizing that it was a conversation for everybody and that felt meaningful so even those who couldn't Absolutely. join the after sessions um I I think my feedback on it is I would say going forward in the future keep that same thing allow that live stream access for people making sure that you know there's people in the chat that are making people feel included in the dialogue because i think people felt like oh i'm being heard oh someone's taking note of me i'm not just yeah, like that talking was super to super important yeah 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 that's and, why you know having two, the two of you and jenny in the chat were like 
super helpful for for us because yeah. I had no time to pay attention to what was going on in the no, chat. No. And it's such a it's such it's an a important, but it's a heavy, heavy subject, and you want to make sure mm-hmm. everybody's doing okay and people are yeah. saying things and people are acknowledging them for sure. People were great, and there was a few people in the comment sections that were there having some hard times, and the comments kind of rallied around them for a little bit. So there's a part where you and Amanda were talking, but the comment section was really helping this person that was struggling. I love that. And that was, yeah. I think Amanda would just, if she knew that, would kind of just gleam with pride because this person got the help that they were for a moment needing. And anyway, mm-hmm. but then afterwards, I think it was fantastic having those who did do the like sessions with Amanda and having that waiting room area where they could have community. There wasn't really a ton of lull or downtime. People were very respectful. I mean, it's a lot of people for us to like yeah. make sure because they could come on and off mute as much as they wanted. And, you know, a lot of them commented that like even just having that like hour or so session amongst Stargate fans was as cool as like Amanda. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. not yeah. as cool, but like they enjoyed that as well, that they could come and hang out. So well, I, and I, I know it's great. I know the two of you have experienced that too before this event, like with VIP events and stuff. And I wanted to like, I wanted to carry that into this event to make that lobby be a space where people could hang out because it was, it was consistently a comment that people would say back to me for feedback to be like, I really just, I really just enjoyed talking to everybody. So Mm -hmm. um, it became definitely something that I wanted to focus on. Um, Amanda did has heard a lot about, everything that happened in it. I've sent her Good. like all the comments and emails and things that I've gotten. Um, she loved it. Good. I can confirm that we are doing another one. Um, I cannot give you a solid date yet, but it will be myself and Amanda. Um, and this time we are going to focus on opening it up some to Q and a, even in the live stream. Nice. Um, it was a concern of mine, which is why I didn't do it because I wasn't sure how everybody was going to be in the comments. And I didn't want to, I wanted to test that before, <laughs> before we yeah. opened it up. Um, but everybody was so lovely. I've got like, I have scrolled back through the live stream enough so I can read the live comments as they were going on. So I was mm-hmm. able to like see things. Um, and everybody was just so lovely. So there's no, I, there's no reason for us to not open up to some, some live Q and a, I think next time as well. So yeah. um, Amanda I think, and I both want to do that. So <laughs> I don't think that I had to delete a single comment. Like, no. Yeah, there no. was nothing out of pocket in there. At Everybody all. was there for really good and real and and valid and and caring reasons. So yep. that was so cool to see. Well, and um, I and I think the paywall aspect really helps because even it came up a couple of times, just like people saying, "I appreciate the paywall," kind of is keeping a lot of the like potential mm-hmm. chaos kind of out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just that was while there was yeah. a code for companion members and whatever could get it for free, like there was still some effort put into it. It wasn't just click a link and hop in out of nowhere. So. Yeah. 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 And even the very short amount of time where we got to like chat with Amanda in between, it was super cool. (laughs) We're like daughters bringing her tea. I know. It's not like we were such a team of like, okay, we'll do this in this break. Like it felt awesome. Like just this cool little bit of teamwork. Gosh, she she was a trooper too. I kept asking like over and over again, do you need a break? We can pause. Mm -hmm. Like we can, we can like make people wait a little longer. Do you need a break? No, because we were behind. So we, we there, yeah. I had built in like five minutes in between. We blazed through that yeah. easily between. Yeah. So we just kept going the whole yeah. time. It you was wild. <laughs> and honestly, it was only the one individual that like had messed their time up, but that was like mm-hmm. stressing that yeah. I think did. I think everyone did a good job 
handling that on our oh, back yeah. end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just like being able to text back and forth and be like, we're, we're trying. We're going to try to do something, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, super helpful. So yeah, yeah I don't so think it could have gone much better. I'm so, I'm so happy. Yeah. It was so, such a good conversation. Um, I relaxed into it pretty quickly, even though mm -hmm. I was so nervous. I couldn't um, it, tell if that helped. It, hel <laughs> it helped that like Amanda came into the StreamYard link and popped in and we said, hey, really quickly. And she's like, I'm really nervous. <laughs> like, like Amanda, you're supposed to make me feel less nervous. We're both nervous. What is happening? Um, oh, but it, it was, it really did feel like a great conversation and a good connection. And it I, it, it's just like, it could not have gone to me really getting no. much better. So no, yeah. um, kudos, like seriously, round of applause. Like it was so amazing. And for those who are listening, who missed out on it, like, I'm happy now you guys know there'll be another one that's upcoming. And you'll be able to get access yeah. to, to the previous one, even if you just sign up for like a, a free, free trial for the companion when it's once it's available, you can watch it. So yeah, it's definitely worth a listen. It was a great, great deep dive into just some basic mental health well being. So I'm yeah. super excited about and then the, then we got it. We'll start on Ergo, but I am yeah. super excited about going back through that first live stream and finding things and finding comments and actually making part two, uh, an actual part two, mm -hmm. like picking up some of the things that maybe we didn't get to cover as completely and like, and picking up the most interesting ones of those and continuing it forward, yeah. I think can be really, really powerful to make sure it actually is, oh, we're diving even deeper on mm -hmm. certain things. So yeah. Also, yep. can we just appreciate the fact that Amanda is going to have a quilt with our faces on it? She is. Our selfie. That's amazing. She definitely is. I do. <laughs> I, get, I got into work that on, on Monday and uh, one of my coworkers was like, I, you, you guys need to focus on coordinating your outfits a little better next time because you have the exact same hair. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Yeah. You, you should have shown up in cosplay. I considered it. And then I was like, no, I want to be serious about the mental health. Yeah, that's fair. So. Yeah, that's fair, fair enough. If it had been a Stargate talk, it I would have shown up in cosplay. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> that would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Great job. Great job. Thanks. That's it. it. All right. Now's an ergo. So before ergo. we I love this episode so much. Clearly, I named my cat after Ergo. You can see mm. him if you look like right at the corner of my fry light. He's on the edge of the couch. Oh, that's He's where like he is. I've been trying to find right him. There. Yeah. Yeah. Why is he not up front and at the one I know, time he's, he's not? The, he's the star of the show today. I don't understand. He's being why. a diva. Yeah. He's being he a, diva. a diva. He truly is. But what are your guys' overall thoughts on this episode? I think this is the first time we actually, because I was thinking about it and I'm like, this might be the first like humorous episode that we get that was meant to be funny. That like mm. the overall. There were so I, many funny parts in it that it wasn't just like a one-off joke here or there. Yeah. I think maybe this one might be when I was first watching SG1 the first time, because I, it, it was at least recently enough for me to kind of remember how certain episodes hit me the first time around. Mm -hmm. And I think it, I think it was this episode that was like, Oh, this show knows how to like make fun of itself and have yeah. fun, you know? Mm -hmm. So and that was what really started, like, solidified how much I enjoyed the show, mm -hmm. um, because it just it just doesn't take itself so seriously all the time, and it's no. that's wonderful, and you yeah. you know you need that. So, yeah, that would no, be my first. 
I agree with it. And like, it sets it really quickly because when they're that opening scene where they're all just doing the witty, like one liners and stuff and like, mm -hmm. and then there's like general Hammond, like, so they all kind of are talking about like, Oh, it's not as good as it seems. Like we always got to double check. Like all the jokes are kind of around and I don't remember any of them. Yeah. But, um, but the first time, like, I remember being like, oh, this is going to be kind of a slapstick episode is because you see Hammond kind of, like, turn and then, like, smirk a little bit. And, like, it goes off camera. And I'm like, it felt very, like, this time watching it through for me <laughs> felt like a little bit, like, a little bit of The Office. Like, oh, wait, are you looking at the camera? Are you like, looking at the audience here? Like, you're doing a little smirk. And then it cuts to, like, opening credit. Yeah. Um, well, that's not what he was doing. But it was just, you don't ever see him smirk that way, at least this early on in relation to their missions and yeah they just they hadn't slept a time and like the lasers at the end of just like it was just over dramatic about how <laughs> everything was done it was so campy and it was, <laughs> it was a very campy episode for me dom de louise like makes this episode work oh, yeah. he is he is like and it it made me think of back to the future of all things because like mm -hmm. i have the 25th anniversary edition where it has all the commentary and they go on about how like if you didn't know Eric Stoltz was supposed to be Marty McFly and like they mm -hmm. filmed like half the fucking movie and then they replaced him with Michael J. Fox because it just wasn't working. And what worked with Michael J. Fox was his reaction. That was the humor. The The situation itself wasn't funny. It was his reaction to it. Like when mm -hmm. his mom is hitting on him, like his reaction mm -hmm. to that mm -hmm. is what makes it so funny. So you have Ergo being the actual funny humor part. But then you have the added layer of humor, which is SG-1's reaction to it. How they're slowly going nuts. How they're, mm -hmm. like, on edge. How they're, like, literally arguing with nobody. Like, the scene with <laughs> Sam walking down the corridor. We do get a couple scenes from that outside perspective where we don't see Ergo. We just see them talking to themselves. And it's very humorous. Their whole reaction to him. Mm -hmm. So it was... Obviously, there has been, like, humor in the show before with, like, funny bits here and there, but never has, like, an entire episode been meant to be funny. Um, yeah. And we get that again with, like, Wormhole Extreme and Window of Opportunity. Like, they, those, I think the humorous episodes really, like, is where the show shines. Yeah. Quick, quick side note about Dom DeLuise. He holds the other honor of being one of maybe five celebrities that I saw walking on the streets of New York. So really Dom DeLuise. Yep. Back it. in the nineties, like the late nineties, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I found out some actually like a really funny fucking fun fact that I can't wait to tell you. I hope you guys don't already know it because I was like, I couldn't believe it because it was what it was about one of the funnier jokes, but there's Ooh. so many cool, like behind the scenes, fun facts about it. Um, and yeah, I, I can't, it was, well, let's, get into, it. Then let's, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So let's go. Let's go for just like some episode details. It aired January 26, 2000. And of course we have Dom DeLuise guest starring as Ergo and Togar. <laughs> his alter ego so <laughs> the episode opens pre-mission and they're like kind of in the control room we see a beach paradise from map footage on the screen and from all outside appearances this planet looks like a beautiful untouched paradise teal very wisely points out that appearances can be deceiving we have this funny like idiom <laughs> contest going on because teal is like 
uh, appearances or can be deceiving and jack is like i don't even know what that means like one man's ceiling is another man's floor daniel says a fool's paradise is a wise man's hell and then jack is like never <laughs> run with scissors like they're just having like a an idiom off like <laughs> you go i go and it doesn't make any sense but it kind of like sets the tone for this episode and then Sam requests to perform so like a standard recon mission, mineral and biological surveys, because they want to determine if this planet is viable for like a research colony. So as the team heads toward the gate and walks up the ramp, Jack is like, au revoir, general. And Teal is like, what does that mean? So as they're walking up the ramp, Jack is explaining, it means ciao, adios, avidasane, sayonara, which all loosely translated means they step through the gate and instead of ending up on the planet, they're just stepping back through to Earth. And then he finishes his thought. Like, he didn't... He, his train of thought did not break. And it says, it means goodbye. So they're all... Like, all of these guards are armed, waiting at the bottom of the ramp for them. There's two maps there, instead of just one. And everyone is confused. And they're like, what, what the hell just happened? Because to SG-1, it feels like they just stepped through the gate and ended right back up on Earth. They, there was no, they didn't even turn around to dial. They just stepped through and stepped back through. Mm -hmm. But in reality, they have been gone for 15 hours. And we get our opening credits. Spooky. You know what the, um, before we go into it, because I kind of, we can talk about it later, but thinking yeah. about um, themes or, oh my gosh, my brain won't work. But so the, the beach scene is very common in sci-fi and whatever. And it's like, I think about like Tahiti, like in, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where like this concept of like this utopian place destination that's not really where you go, but like it's all a mental mirage. I just found that Contact. interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, that wasn't lost on me. I'm like, oh, gosh, that's like such a blatant like thing. Yeah. Anyway. Definitely. You also have the trope like, of the uh, lost, lost time like, mm -hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway. again, even with Jack kind of like explaining his his freight like all the million ways to say goodbye mm -hmm. it's still like it's goofy and humorous and it's setting the tone like from that jump we kind of know this is going to be a silly goofy time and the mm -hmm. music isn't is okay like you get that like kind of curious theme music um and it's super interesting so back on the base fraser is going over the medical exam blood work looks great externally there's no marks or bruises on them it doesn't look like they were in a struggle or they were beat up and but they have no memory of anything that happened but you know anything that happened after they left the gate room so when they didn't return hammond sent another map but all it showed was the same image from before that alien beautiful tropical paradise there was no sign of anyone and no response to any radio calls so both of the maps were sent back right before SG-1 came back, and Hammond assumed that SG-1 were the ones who sent it, but it wasn't them. So in the briefing room, Hammond and SG-1 are reviewing the footage from the second map. It's the same image as before, uh, but they see no signs of the first mouth. There's like, what? Wouldn't we see the first mouth there? Yeah. Or like, you know, and Jack is pouring coffee, and he's like, isn't that thing supposed to like probe stuff a little bit? And Sam points out like, yeah, but we wouldn't see that the mouth had moved. We would see tracks in the sand. Mm -hmm. Like there was nothing. Um, and she, you know, she's explaining this and Jack is like pouring more coffee. They're like kind of showing like, okay, he's pouring coffee. 
it's kind of normal, but like they're including it anyway. So we kind of just go along with it. And then she goes through the footage framed by my notes are all messed up. I literally just like finished them. Oh, so yeah. excuse any frame by frame, not team by team, frame <laughs> by frame. And, and you the, know what? You know what? The patrons just got those messed up. You're getting listen. I just posted them. Surprise. <laughs> Spelling mistakes. Yes. <laughs> so because I yeah. I, but this is like where the best things come from of our little catchphrases. So like. Yeah. Gotta keep them coming. Gator, you know, good old Gator. <laughs> um, so she's going through the the second Malp's footage frame by frame, and at the very beginning, as the Malp is establishing connection, before we see the tropical paradise, there's like one frame of this darkened room, and it looks like a lab with equipment that looks really advanced. So O'Neill and as Sam is going through this, like O'Neill and Daniel are super into their coffee, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Oh my god!" Because they're like. like yeah, what the, what's in? They're like looking in their cups, and Sam kind of puts like she assumes that the previous image was a fake and the projection was intended to lure them in. So we have some dialogue. It's Daniel Carter, O'Neill, Teal, and Hammond. So I'll grab O'Neill. I got Daniel. And you want to do Teal too, and then yeah, back I'll, Carter, Hammond. I'll do Carter and Hammond. Yeah, okay. yes. I think the, <laughs> I'm going to start putting like the names at the top so we can know who all is in this chunk. You're so hey, smart. Craig. Hi, Hi, Craig. Craig. <laughs> um, okay, so Daniel starts with, wow, this coffee's great. I was just thinking that. Yeah, is that cinnamon? It's, oh my gosh, chicory? Yeah, chicory. So then we see Teal unscrew the lid from the whole pot of coffee, <laughs> and he just downs it all. Teal? Isn't that hot? Extremely. Just... Stay on the base. We're going to need to keep an eye on, on you for the time being. I feel fine. As do I, Daniel Jackson. For someone who just drank half a gallon of Stephen hot coffee? Right. <laughs> so, so Hammond is like, just don't go anywhere. Stay where you are, please, for the love of God. Because that was like the first super funny thing. Because he just unscrews mm -hmm. the top and just gulps it right down. <laughs> and isn't that hot? Extremely, but completely <laughs> unbothered by it. But it's delightful. I love it. Yep. So cut to the commissary. Jack is going over like paperwork of some kind. It looks like pictures of something. And while he's doing this, he like eats a slice of pie. And he, he takes a bite and he does a double take. He's like, what the fuck? And he's enjoying it so much. He like puts his paperwork aside and he just fists this pumpkin pie and just starts horking it down. So he does this thing that I've never really noticed someone else do, but Ryder does it a lot, but he's like eating it. And then he's like questioning it. And so he sniffs it. He's like, mm -hmm. and then starts eating it again. And I was like, oh, Ryder does it all the time. But anyway, it was thought it was cute. Cause it was like, <laughs> wait, is this really, oh yeah, it's really good. Yeah. I see. I smell food when it's questionable. When I'm like, let me smell it first. Oh, it every, smells no, good. Everything, everything. She's like, <laughs> everything. I love it. Mm -hmm. So this is like another thing. First, it's this coffee where they're like super into it. They're like, oh my god, this is so good. And it's probably just like the same old shitty coffee that they stockpile from like oh, yeah. whatever, you know place that they get it from now it's just pumpkin pie and then we see sam in the gate room working on the map and she just randomly gets up and walks away she leaves 
And then we cut to Daniel, who's working in his lab, and he just, like, randomly also just puts his mm -hmm. stuff down and gets up and leaves. They both end up walking into the commissary. <laughs> Tilka's already there with Jack, and they just have transformed their whole table <laughs> into, like, a buffet. It's We're so good. It's mostly just, like, an assortment of desserts, like Jello pie, and then, like, O'Neill's eating yogurt. I didn't really see anything else, but I'm sure there was, like, donuts. And, like, it was a dessert table, pretty much. Which, yeah. how did that happen? This is my thought. Like, who did that? Did O'Neill just, like, start taking everything and, like, putting Guaranteed it Guaranteed it was O'Neill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guaranteed. Oh, yeah. Considering he also grabbed for the last plate before they left. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I also yeah. remember this This just brings back another memory of an episode with Teal'c in the commissary. And I don't know why, but it cracked me up. Or he just like has a whole bunch of grapes on his plate. And he just like, like <laughs> I don't know why it was so funny, but it's literally just like an entire bunch. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like cartoon character where it's like, you, let me pick it up and eat it like a lady being fanned with I, a giant leaf. Yeah. You know, the commissary workers, every time SG1 comes up in there, they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What What are they going to, like, what? What we are they going to ask for this We need time? the, the chat GPT story of the commissary <laughs> workers at the SGC. Yes. And how Teal'c eats so much because he has this superpower that he needs to, like, keep his oh, body God. fueled. He's, he's eating for two, essentially. So we have dialogue. It's O'Neill, Carter, Daniel, and Teal'c. So I'll grab the O'Neill. All right, I'll do Carter. Daniel Teal'c. Excellent. All right, so Daniel says, Hungry. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What, oh, what? Plot twist. SG1 is the <laughs> only ones on the base that eat jello. I mean, Sam goes right for the blue jello. That was her first Every thing time. she dug into. Wasn't there a thing? I don't know if I just imagined this, but didn't you say, Rebecca, that it's probably because it's one of the only foods that holds up for a long time without having to be refrigerated? Yeah, like, it's like when good... you're doing multiple takes, Jello is yeah. a really good one. I imagine things like grapes, you know, that are mm -hmm. not like you're not you're you eat one, you're not biting into something. So for continuity purposes, it's also, you know, things like that are easier to deal with on food. Yeah. Um, that being said, when I you know shooting our fe my feature film and we had a couple of food scenes, <laughs> we kept warning everybody, hey, slow down on those like Chinese noodles. Yeah, and they did. <laughs> they didn't, and we of course had to do like eight takes of the same oh shot, and everybody was dying by the end of it. So just like full, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they, they were like, but it tasted so good, and I'm like, we did. Eight, we had to do eight takes of that. Come on, like, yeah. Don't. There's yeah. there's a whole genre of work called food styling where oh. they prepare. It's I follow somebody on TikTok that does it. It's super fascinating oh, how they style yeah. food for like the the box of cereal or whatever to like put it on the product but then also like you think magazines and stuff. And it's it's so creative of like even with pancakes how they like put pieces of cardboard in between each pancake mm -hmm. to like make it look fluffier and like in yeah, it's super fascinating. And like the mm -hmm. laws surrounding it of how they're allowed to do certain things like when you look at a box of cereal that's not milk that's like glue or some shit mm -hmm. oh yeah but they're not selling milk so they don't they don't have to put milk on it there this has to be like the like mm -hmm. the actual cereal so well, anyway we have our dialogue take us away daniel um okay daniel says hungry yeah try the pie sir i'm running a full diagnostic on the 
And she like eats a piece of blue jello, of course, and pauses. Wow. Oh, yeah. And Danielle's his mouthful. This is the best pie I've ever had. What's so different about it? Same old pie. It is most satisfying. Why does it taste so good? I don't know. All I do know is I don't even like yogurt. Because he's eating like this runny, like it looks like melted ice cream, but it's, I yeah. guess it's yogurt. He so like they're, that. and I think, I can't remember because I was kind of in a rush tonight, but like, I think they're getting weird looks too from other people in the commissary. Oh, the people they're behind like, them are like, fuck. <sighs> like the airmen that are tra- like, like tasked with following them around to make sure that they're okay. They're like, what the fuck? Like, what is happening mm-hmm. here? And again, I would like to see the deleted scene of like O'Neill and Teal just like stop. I imagine them doing it together. Like grab that, grab some of that and just like bringing it over to this beautiful table. It's like, it's like a beautiful dessert table. You would see it like a wedding or some shit. <laughs> oh God, I love it. I'm going to pre-apologize. Writer's in a very intense Fortnite battle back there. So I went to go play okay. the room. But if we no hear fair screaming, everyone is fine. She's just okay. in the battle. <laughs> I did hear a little bit earlier. I did too. I thought it was you, Rebecca. I'm like, are you in like, are you safe? Is the nope. Airbnb? I just need everybody like... to know if there are screams in the background, my child is on Fortnite right now. Okay. That is all. Good to know. Yes. So anyway, they're they're paged over the intercom to report to Med Lab 3. And they all get up to leave. And just as Jack gets out the door, he like turns around real quick and he grabs one more piece of pie for the road. And Dr. Frazier ends up showing Eshu when their brain scans on the monitor. So we have Frazier Carter, Daniel Hammond, O'Neill. So again, I'll grab the O'Neill. Um, I can do Frazier, Daniel, because there's not a lot of Daniel. Okay. Sure. I'll do uh, Carter and Hammond. Carter Hammy. Alrighty. All right. Frazier says these scans have a certain percentage of error. Basically, it looks like an errant pixel. But it's in the exact same place on each of the scans. So I had to run a comparative analysis on the computer to be sure. It's in the exact same spot in each of your brains, but we're talking about something smaller than the head of a pen. Barely large enough to show up on an x-ray. Right. Which is why I also need to run an electron resonance scan. And she takes out new x-rays. And she goes... (laughs) Pops them up on the light board. She goes, this is uh, magnified several thousand times, sir. Put them up on the thing and it shows these little devices. And then Daniel says, that thing is in all of us? I'm afraid so. So we cut to like Hammond has now joined the crew. Can these devices be removed? Not without causing irreparable brain damage, sir. What's the downside? How they were implanted without any external marks or injury to the cortex is beyond me. Can we determine what threat they pose? Apparently all desserts on base are in grave danger. We've determined that there's a barely measurable electromagnetic field being emitted by the devices, but I'm not sure what that means. Well, so far, all we've noticed are some cravings and a certain increased acuity in our senses. Especially taste and smell, Daniel says. Until we find out the true purpose of these objects, I am quarantining you in in the level 22 isolation quarters with a 24-hour guard. They're on lockdown. Lockdown. Locking it down. Hammy's locking it down. So, so far, all we know is that, like, 
there's something going on with their sensory perception. Everything tastes really good, smells really good. And they're kind of like linked together. Like they all responded to Jack eating the pie by coming into the commissary. And now they see this like thing in their head. If we had a cryptic image, it would be a snitch because it kind of looked like a snitch, all mm -hmm. magnified. Mm -hmm. And it's all in the same place on every single one of them. So like clearly this was implanted in them, although it's a total mystery how, because there's no external marks. It, it must have been some extremely advanced person or technology that did this. So in the isolation room, which basically looks like an employee lounge, Jack is playing a handheld video game. Sam is working on her laptop and Daniel and Teal are playing chess. And we hear this disembodied sing-songy voice be like, boring. And all of <laughs> SG-1 hear it, but none of them said it. So we have this dialogue. It's Ergo, O'Neill, Teal, and Daniel. You know um, you're Ergo, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. We can all try if we want to. I put a lot of Ergo dialogue. I could not not put it in. You don't have so, to be. You don't have to be, but... Let, let's try it out. So I'll do Ergo. I'll do O'Neill. Um, All right. Yeah. All right. I'll take Teal Daniel. So the voice still disembodied. What do you say we all go do something? Teal, did you hear that? I did. Who's there? Okay. I'll make it so you can all see me, but only because you asked. And then he appears in a bright flash of light. You can all see me, right? Apparently. Oh my god, I'm so glad. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> now you all say it. Hello. Hello, Ergo. <laughs> so he's like, huh, you know you look so much better on the outside than on the inside. On the inside is so complicated. Oh, please. So <laughs> he's he's this like jovial kind of like childlike thing. Mm -hmm. Um Jack calls over the guard that's stationed at the door and asks the guard if he can see an intruder in the room. And the guard does not see anyone extra. He does not see Ergo. And we have more dialogue. Ergo, Daniel, Carter, O'Neill. So I got Daniel. I'll grab Carter. and. Do you want to stay with Ergo? He, somebody else give him a try. All right. back I'll, give, I'll give him a I'll try. I'll be O'Neill. Okay. Uh... No, you are not dreaming. You read our thoughts? Don't panic. Just the thoughts you're having at the moment. Of course, you're actually in our heads, aren't you? You are so smart, Samantha. I love that about you. <laughs> Carter? The technology implanted in our brains, sir. We're looking at some sort of visual communication interface. A controlled hallucination. So, I... What? He gets confused. By the way, who is uh, Mary Steenbergen? <laughs> this is incredible. The devices must be leaked somehow. Dr. Fraser said they're emitting a small EM field, like radio frequencies. Are you saying the devices in our brains are some sort of wireless computer network? Yeah, an incredibly sophisticated one, obviously able to work over significant distances. I mean, that's why we were all drawn to the commissary when Colonel O'Neill was eating dessert. He can make us do stuff? No, never. In spite of what you're thinking, never. But you can make suggestions, can't you? And enhance our sensory perception of experiences. Like making things taste better. Well, didn't it? Well, why not? He's tapped into our brains. He's making us all see and hear him. Boring. By the way, who decorated this room? It's so plain. 
Please don't tell me that your whole planet is like this. Not the whole planet. Hey, couldn't we go someplace else that's not here? Someplace, you know, that's not here? Of Cree, anywhere. <laughs> so, so we kind of get some more, like, that's Sam kind of figures out. Like, this is what's in our head. It's some kind of, like, implanted AI person. But, like, what's the point? And in the meantime, like, he's interacting with them. It's, it's all very super hilarious. So in the infirmary, SG-1 are trying to tell Janet what's going on, but Ergo will not shut up. Okay, I really want to be Ergo in this okay. one. Can someone do Daniel? Yeah, yeah I'll, do, absolutely. I'll do Daniel. There's a Frasier, too, um, that's not in the list. Oh, yeah. Whoops. I, I can take uh, I can take Frasier for the one. Okay. What's this? And you're seeing the exact same thing at the exact same time? Yep. What is this? It's a defibrillator. Ah, interesting. Thank you. Is it defibrillating right now? He, uh, it seems to crave new experiences. You, you use the paddles to administer an electric shock to people whose hearts are beating irregularly. Ah, and then they feel better? Does it feel good? Does it hurt? It hurts. I would think so. Let's try it. No, I don't think so. Why not? <laughs> it's not going to kill you, is it? Is it? Or is it? I'm very sure it talks to you. I think it experiences things through us, using our sensors to collect information. Try the paddles. So Teal gets up, and it was so funny because he's like, "Try the paddles," and <laughs> Teal just like very robotically gets up, walks over, turns them on, and has them in his hands. And Janet is like, "Oh my God, what are you doing? Stop!" And I think even Jack is like, "Teal, what the hell?" So he has some influence on them, too. He can't, like, physically make them do it, but he makes them kind of want to do it. He can influence mm -hmm. them and kind of, like, make them crave pie or, like, crave what it feels like to be defibrillated. But it was so funny. She's like, is it defibrillating right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so SG1 explained, like, hey, it's not total control. It's just the power of suggestion. He can enhance their sensations to motivate them, like getting them to come to the commissary. So this is so funny. <laughs> this is Teal'c and Ergo. Do you guys want to read this? Because, like, they're talking about, like, you know, he mm -hmm. wants to learn from us, but he's not really teaching us anything. Like, why is he here? What can we learn from him? Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to read this? Yeah, which one sure. do you want to be? Uh, I'll do this little Ergo one, yeah. Okay. He appears unresponsive to direct questioning. No, no, that's not true. Oh, I'm picking your brains. You, you can pick my brains. I'll tell you anything you want to know. Ask me. Ask me anything. What? What? Tell us how to remove you from our brains. Oh, oh except that. <laughs> Duh. So, and it was so funny because he was like, uh, except for that. Like, he literally, like, <laughs> boom, tomato, tomato, boom. Tomato, tomato, boom. Tomato, tomato, boom. <laughs> except for that <laughs> and he's kind of annoyed and he doesn't understand like why do they why do you want to remove me he's like you know <laughs> he goes on like this rant he's like years from now you're gonna be thinking about me and you're gonna say how did i ever get along all those years with that wonderful constant companion woof <laughs> <laughs> and then jack is like years from now i love daniel's like woof, woof. Right? <laughs> like God. So, but like it's interesting this because he obviously has pulled that from somebody's brain because he's pulling like vernacular from like 
language. Yeah. So I'm like, and now I'm wondering who secretly has that as their like internal thing. Jack is used. I'm going to say Wolf. Jack. Has he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's, he says crying out loud too mm-hmm. later on when they're in mm-hmm. the locker room. So Jack poses the question again, like, why is he even there in their brains at all? And Sam gets it. He's here to experience and learn. And Daniel's like comparing them, like, we're being like, it's like wild animals being tagged. And then this was so fucking funny. Do you guys want to read that? It's just like yeah. this little <laughs> quip. We are, we are not wild animals. Speak for yourself, big fella. <laughs> Speak for your big fella. Like, big fella. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam brings up the race that created Ergo. Like, won't they eventually want all this information back that they're collecting? They'll have to go back eventually and maybe they can remove him. But how? And she's she's wondering. Like, he's like, no, we don't want to go there. No, no, no. Like, they're bad. They're evil monsters. They're going to scoop you out with like big and she's like well how can you defy your creators like you're an AI, you're a program how are you able to do this and he's like he's basically said no they're evil scary people and the only way to remove them would kill them um they'll open your brains with a big giant can opener and they'll scoop you <laughs> out with a big old scoopy thing that's how it works it's death or me me or death you got to decide me or death <laughs> But, like, I love it's such a childish way of just manic anxiety about, like, no, 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 no. Like, so at this point, he's he's giving them the story of, like, it'll kill you to remove me. So he he ends that scene with saying, me or death, cut to the briefing room. He's just singing over and over again. Me, 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 (laughs) me. Just, like, at the total, at the end of the table just over and over again and they're all visibly annoyed like you have daniel and teal sitting next to each other and they're just like looking at each other jack and sam like someone's like twiddling their thumbs like oh my god mm-hmm. stop and <laughs> jack eventually breaks and he's just like turns and yells at him we have a comment yeah uh, it's from earlier but it's about this scene so i popped it up yep so this is that bit this is so she says there's a bit where O'Neill yells for Ergo to shut up and to everyone else it looks like he's shouting at a rando airman. O'Neill and the airman have this hilarious <laughs> nonverbal interaction from it, which is true. He he shouts at Ergo, he's like, Will you knock it off? And we cut to like a scene from like the outside perspective where Ergo is not there and it's just this empty chair. And like off in the background, there's this one random airman there and like he kind of like looks at O'Neill like, talking to me? (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny. And Jack thinks that they just need to risk it and go back to the planet. But Sam is like, hey, let me try to figure out something with the technology. Like I might be able to figure something out to like disable it at least. And she says, I might be able to turn him off, which kind of, he gets a little upset at that word. He's like, you want to do what to me? Mm -hmm. So he's trying to distract them and get them to play hide and seek while he's counting. They all ditch him. He's like one, two. And like (laughs) in the meantime, while he's counting Hammond tells Sam, like whatever you got to do. And then they just all get up and leave. So cut to Sam walking down the corridor. This is where we get that outside perspective. Mm -hmm. She's just walking down. She has like her assigned like coat, her buddy 
like her bathroom buddy that like follows her everywhere to make sure that like she's not doing anything crazy and we just see her it's like she's talking to herself so do you want to read that rebecca yeah <clears throat> i don't have time to play ergo i don't care if i'm it because i have work to do no i am not hungry Look, go eat pie with Colonel O'Neill. I'm very busy right now. So she runs into Fraser and Hammond, and Fraser, like, she's trying to talk to Ergo and tell him to, like, leave Sam alone. And Sam, it's like, again, she looks like she's going bonkers because she's like, well, mm -hmm. actually, he's over here. So then Janet, <laughs> like, turns. She's like, Ergo, Sam is very busy right now. And he does something very rude, and we don't know what it is, whether it's like he like gives her the middle finger or just this like, <laughs> like blowing raspberries in her face. Like, who knows what he did? But Sam was like, Ergo, that's so rude. Like, what are you doing? And <laughs> Frazier's like, what did he do? What? And we never know. But we we get that interaction that we see without mm -hmm. Dom DeLuise standing in there doing like silly shit. It's what everyone else perceives SG1 doing without seeing ergo so cut to her lab ultimately she believes that an em pulse will disable him and he's been trying really hard to distract her since she got the idea so she thinks like i really must be onto it he gets kind of angry at one point and it causes sam to spill hot tea on her mm. hand and he apologizes and he's like it was an accident i'm super sorry and there's this one this is really funny where she's kind of explaining it and it ends the conversation with it should render er, render ergo impotent, and he's like, "Um, could you please rephrase that? Like, <laughs> what the fuck?" So Jack gives her the go ahead, and ergo begins to beg them not to do it. And if there's no objections, I would like to read this because this is one of my oh, favorite parts. Please do it. Do it. It's like, please have mercy. Oh, I can be smaller. Look here. Look how teeny weeny I am. How can anything this teeny weeny hurt anybody? Wait. I can be dull. Want me to be dull? What a nice shade of gray. How about some white bread with mayonnaise? Want to watch golf on television? Oh, no? What about this? Then he reappears as like this hot young airman. Can you resist this? Who's not hot, but it's right, just but, like, one it's of the other Deloise brothers, isn't it? It is, yes. That yeah. was the fun fact. It's his son yeah. dressed up. So like he's the younger, he's like in the Air Force blues, which honestly is so hilarious because it's like, you know he's trying to appeal to Sam. Mm -hmm. To be like, how could you resist this? He's so, got her pegged. So he begins to act like he's melting away. He's like, oh, sacre bleu. Like, I'm melting. Like, like from the Wizard very, of Oz. Like, yeah, I was going to say, it's very Wizard of Oz-esque. I'm melting, I'm melting. And Sam is like, it's on a timer, Ergo. It hasn't gone off yet. And just as he's asking, like, oh, how much time do I have? And gone. He's just, he's, he like disappears like from top to bottom mm -hmm. so cut to like the lab or one of the medical rooms fraser says the devices are still there but the em pulse that they emitted is now gone hammond tells them to wait it out a week just to like see what happens before returning to duty and sg1 feel no different they feel fine they don't but it's quiet they don't hear him they're like listen hear that silence oh my god thank god so Frazier's going over medical paperwork with Sam and tells her that she and Cassandra are planning like to rent a rowboat and have some like fun on a lake. And if Sam is cleared, she can come with. So as Sam is leaving, she begins to sing, row, row, row your boat. And Frazier looks up in surprise because on all the monitors, 
that are in like SG-1's lounges, they all begin to sing, row, row, row your boat. So like Jack is playing with the ball and he's just mm-hmm. like, he's kind of like mumble singing. Daniel is doing work and he's just like singing along as he works. And Teal'c is like doing his kill no rain. And they're kind of all singing in their like own personalities too. So that's kind of an indication like, wait a minute. They're still linked together somehow. So in the briefing room, Jack denies that he was singing at all, but then Janet plays him the footage to prove him wrong. And he's like, well, if you call that singing, for one. <laughs> but then they realize it must be Ergo, and he reappears in the chair next to Frazier. And, you know, they're, they're all clearly frustrated. They're like, oh, my God, he's not gone. I thought this would work. Mm-hmm. And Hammond tells them as long as he's still there, they're relieved from active duty. They, they can't have like this person in their brain it's kind of like mm-hmm. i would equate it to like a mental illness or like even just like hallucinating being high and like hallucinating uh, or you know it could distract them even if he's not real it's a very real distraction mm-hmm. so they argue that like he can't control us so what's the big deal but then janet points out that sam spilled her tea and burned her hand um, Ergo says that he didn't mean it, and then all of SG1 repeat it in unison that he didn't mean it, further proving to Hammond that he still has some kind of influence over them. So there's some dialogue. It's Ergo, Carter, O'Neill. I'll do O'Neill. Carter. Okay. I'll do Ergo. It's just the one. He's like, come on, Ergo, be a mensch. How do we get rid of you? I have no idea. I really, I, I just, I don't know. How could he, he really not mean- know? Oh, I'm sorry. He, he really may not know, sir. How could he not know? He's just the program. Program? I'm just saying that your software doesn't know how your computer works. Hey, my software doesn't make me sing row, row, row your boat. <laughs> so Ergo promises, like, I can be quiet like little church mouse. And he <laughs> immediately, like, breaks his promise and he's, like, talking about how he wants to play a game with a dictionary. It all sounds, like, kind of boring, actually. And, you know, then they cut to the, the, the gate room. They're sending another MALP through to Ergo's homeworld. And Sam is kind of explaining what the MALP is because he's like, what is that? What are you doing? And she kind of seems to enjoy teaching him and explaining things to him. Yeah. And, like, she explains that the beach is just, like, a fake image to lure people in. He's like, see? They're evil. <laughs> so, Hammond speaks over the radio, trying to send a message to, like, the creators of the people of that planet. And this was super funny, because Ergo, like, says this to O'Neill. He's like, you know, you were just thinking of that island Maui with the big beaches and the little bikinis. That's where we should go, because it's very nice and warm there, instead of being here. And the look that Sam, like, Sam looks over her shoulder to, like, give Jack a look, like, okay and he gives her a look of like no it wasn't me i was not thinking that i wasn't me i promise um so a voice replies and it says who dare challenged hogar and they call daniel up because he is ever the voice of reason do you guys want to read that sure sure this is dr daniel jackson we don't mean to challenge you we've discovered the devices you've implanted in our brains and we'd like you to remove them him him? Ergo. How do you know this name? He told us. He interacts with us. He's driving us crazy. That is an error. Return the subjects. Ergo will be removed. 
So right away, Jack is ready. He's like, let's go. Let's pack up. Let's leave. Mm -hmm. But Sam points out like, hey, this is still a risk. Like, we don't know if they can remove him without hurting Mm us. Uh, And O'Neill poses the question, do we want to give up SG-1 and walk around the rest of our lives with him yapping away in our heads? Daniel and Tilk agree. They're like, sorry, girl, you got to go, man. And he tries to plead with Sam because he knows he reminds her of her uncle Irving. (laughs) And she smiles and she agrees, but she also agrees that Ergo has to go. And Mm -hmm. it auto-corrected to Ergie. Ergie has to go. So they call my cat. Ergie boy. So in the locker room, SG-1 are preparing to get ready to go off world. And I included, there's a lot of dialogue here, but this is really like the crux of the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have Jack, Daniel, Teal'c, Sam, and Ergo. So I will grab Jack. I can do the Daniel Teal'c if you want to do Sam Ergo. Sam and Ergo. Got it. <clears throat> Get ready. All right. Daniel says, what do you suppose Togar really meant by an error? I suppose he meant Ergo wasn't supposed to be interacting with us. Oh, please, please don't go. He's going to kill you. He, he really will. He's, he's nasty. I'll be a painful and awful death. Honest. Okay, okay, fine. He's gonna kill me. You heard him. Oh, you people, for crying out loud, don't you have any feelings? Do you? Carter, why do you humor him? He's obviously programmed for self-preservation. Sir, that voice, Togar, said that this was an error. We're probably not even supposed to know he's here. You aren't supposed to be interacting with us, are you? Well, um, actually, when I first, uh, and we got to be technically... No. Can you describe how you're feeling right now? Me? Nervous, agitated, a little bit hungry. Afraid? Oh, sure. Okay. Of what? Oh, going away like last time, not experiencing, not being here with you. Of death? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Big time. He's going to kill me, and that's why that death thing keeps popping up. Sir? Carter. Wait a minute, Jack. Daniel. (laughs) By definition, what constitutes a sentient life form? Self-awareness, consciousness. I'm me. No doubt about that. What else? Uh, The ability to think independently. I'm independent. I just, you know, like company. Fear of death. I got that too. You're not going to convince me it's alive. Look. He like puts his arms through him and waves it around. Hey, hey, hey. He's not really here. He's here. He taps his head. In our heads. There are plenty of life forms that require other life forms to live. Then you are a parasite, like the gold. Parasite, like the gold. (laughs) Or a tokra. I mean, just by being parasitical by nature doesn't make you inherently bad. It's a machine. That hurts. Sir, he's artificial intelligence, but just because someone made him doesn't mean he isn't alive. Listen to her. What are you saying? I'm just saying we should consider it. I mean, maybe this error wasn't really an error at all, but rather some higher technological evolution, the birth of a whole new life form. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I agree with Sam. Sorry, what? Well, sir, it's just. No, Hammond said it. We've been compromised. Now we explain the situation to this Toga guy and we let him deal with Hugo once he's out of our heads. Ergo, 
ergo. <laughs> so, like, they have this really interesting conversation about, like, wait a minute. He's afraid to die. Like, he's he's independent. He, he, he has his own personality. He's afraid of death. He wants to learn and experience. Like, is this what makes something sentient? Even though okay it's a life form maybe it's not a, a life form that we're familiar with but who are we to say what is a life form and what is not this is an alien like we see aliens on a regular basis like how how are we to say what is alive yeah. and what isn't yeah. so sg1 go to the planet they're immediately transported to another room and togar appears he looks exactly like ergo just like his hair is a little more like combed down <laughs> or goes he looks like a little crazy like his mm -hmm. his e around his ears and stuff but they look exactly the same and togar can also see and hear ergo with his bluetooth earbuds that he's wearing they're fantastic <laughs> basically <laughs> and togar shows them how he removes ergo from a little creature that pops up in like a dome it's like some kind of aquatic creature and the creature remains unharmed so we have conversation. It's Daniel, Togar, Ergo, Carter. I think that's it. And O'Neill at the end. Yeah. So we'll grab the O'Neill and Togar? Or... Yeah, I'll take Daniel. And Rebecca, you can be Ergo Carter? <laughs> sure. Okay. I don't think I have to talk as much to myself in this one. <laughs> okay. <so. laughs> All right. What about Ergo? It will be destroyed. See? Oh, what did I tell you? Oh, please don't let him do this to me. Teal, help me. Cree, jump him. <laughs> Give him a double Jaffa. Go on. The technology you invented is very advanced. Yes. It's because they're all too scared to go out and experience things for themselves. Enough. Look, we're very grateful that you're willing to take Ergo out of our minds. The point is, we think Ergo may actually be alive. He is an error. Maybe he is, but another word for it might be miracle. That is ridiculous. Well, what you call an error has somehow resulted in life. I mean, he's self-aware. He's acting and thinking independently. He's afraid of his own death. By any definition, he's acting alive. All we're saying is that maybe there is a way of doing this without killing him. <laughs> and Togar says, there is not. <laughs> So Togar explains that it has to be in a life form. He can't exist on his own. And Daniel proposes that Togar put Ergo into his brain. Mm -hmm. um, so Daniel says, look, we don't know you very well, but I get the distinct feeling that Ergo is everything you're not. But I think that he's everything you wish you were. Outgoing, adventuresome. Look, it would be a chance to change, to maybe experience some of the things that you're afraid to do yourself. No, not afraid. And then, why do you why, why do you not explore worlds through the Stargate yourself? And then to, like that immediately shuts him up. He has no response to that, mm -hmm. and he kind of thinks, and he agrees. He's like, maybe it could help me find out where the error occurred. <laughs> so we have like this nice kind of circle back to where Ergo's like, nope, I don't want to do it. He's mean and boring and and mean. And Jack is like, it's him or death, <laughs> death or him. <laughs> nice callback. Mm -hmm. So Togar does the switch. Daniel wants to make sure that Ergo is still alive. And they can all tell based on how annoyed Togar is. He's like, <laughs> shut up. Like, he's already like, I will tell them as soon as you are quiet. <laughs> so 
Sam does make an effort to strike up an ally ship, but Togar zaps them away immediately. We see Ergo try to get Togar to play some fun game with him. And that's the last we see. They kind of like walk off down the corridor with Ergo harassing Togar. Cut back to SG-1. They enter the gate room. They look confused as if like before they just left and came right back through the gate. And Hammond is like, oh, here we go again. He's like, get to the infirmary, guys. And this, <laughs> this made me wonder. I was like, wait a minute. Do they even remember talking to Togar and getting Ergo removed? See, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. They might not even remember that entire interaction. They'll just have to be confirmed. Like, Janet will do their brain scans again and be like, I guess he's gone. What the fuck? Like, yeah. But that was the end. That was the end of our episode. No. What a wonderful episode. It was. It's a watch fun it one. for yourself. Our, our so rereadings good. might be hilarious, but not as hilarious as watching the episode. <laughs> no, sure. it's definitely a feel good when you just are kind of in a cathartic state. You're kind of. I don't know. It's like my rainy day. I'm kind of in a gloom. That's a good one to put on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I forgot to, because I made a separate note for fun facts and um, discussion. So I'll just read off. So yeah. Dom DeLuise ad-libbed most of his lines, which that No tracks. surprise there. Yeah. It feels very organic. Like he yeah. was just flying by the seat of his pee. He was freeballing it, if you will. So, did you guys notice that Teal wasn't... He didn't have a lot of dialogue. Did you guys notice that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for it. Because Christopher Judge and the writers made a mutual decision to reduce Teal's camera time because of Judge's extreme difficulty in keeping a straight face around Dom <laughs> DeLuise when cameras were rolling. Largely due to DeLuise's constant ad-libbing and cracking jokes on and off set. As a result, many of Teal'c's lines were either removed or given to other members of the cast. So That's impressive, because you know, like, RDA did that all the time, too. So yeah. this is, like, next level, then. You and know, I, Dom DeLuise is next level. I like that it was mutual, too, that Chris Judge was like, I, I'm sorry, I cannot. You're right, I can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would have lost my shit. I love that. And because, even, like, it's hard for him because his character can't crack up so, like you. Yeah. Like everyone else has some room to like chuckle or move, but Teal'c, he starts chuckling. That's just like Teal'c doesn't do that. Can you imagine just the try the paddle scene? Right. Like that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> or like when Teal'c is like, then tell us how to remove you from our brains. Uh, except for that, like, how could I, I just, I would love to see those deleted scenes. And oh, unfortunately, God. for the DVDs that I have, the commentary. Like, I, season four is when it starts the commentary. Mm. So I'm going to basically watch the episode twice with, like, the, my normal run-through and then watch it again for the commentary to get, like, all the tidbits and stuff that they talk mm -hmm. about. Nice. So that's why Teal's kind of not in this episode much because he was like, I can't handle it, man. I'm going to keep laughing. God. That's, that's a very perfect. good reason. And Nell's comment, that is a good, that's a great reason. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, the younger, more handsome version of Ergo is played by the actor's son, Peter DeLuise, who directed this episode, which I never knew. It was, it's so funny. <laughs> Can you resist this? <laughs> <laughs> so Peter DeLuise was always taking digs at everybody and himself and everything. So that makes yeah. perfect sense. Like perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, so good. That whole scene was so, I can be boring. What a nice shade of gray. Want to watch golf on television? 
some, some white, bread, white and bread, bread and mayonnaise. mayonnaise. <laughs> and that, like, the fact that I'm sure it was all ad-libbed was just even makes it funnier. Oh my god, yeah. God. So, Ergo asks, who is Mary Steenburgen? There was, um, a scene where, like, I forget, but he's, like, reading Jack's mind. He's like, by the way, who is Mary Steenburgen? And, um, Richard Dean Anderson, who plays Jack, claims that there, he was once changed, I can't read, sorry. He claims that he once changed his voicemail message to say in his own voice, this is Mary Steenburgen, please leave a message. <laughs> Richard later claimed he never met Mary at the time. He just liked that sound of her name. Uh <laughs> There's at least one other Mary Steenburgen reference that Jack. Yes. <laughs> and I believe it's in Heroes. Is mm -hmm. that correct? There is one in Heroes. There might even be another one, though. Yeah. I feel that's like that's the one it, I remember. Keeps happening. Yes. Um, who, who is married to Ted Danson in real life? Maybe that's Mary why I thought of Back to the Future because she's Claire Clayton in Back mm -hmm. to the Future 3. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. so, she is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so when asked what Ergo looks like, O'Neill responds with a famous tenor, which is a reference mm. to not only Dom DeLuise's opera experience, but also the vocal range in which he sang. I did not know that, that he was an opera singer. Mm. Um, so kind of like, that's our fun facts, but for themes and discussions, it really is about sentience. Like mm -hmm. what, you know, and what was Ergo doing to show sentience? And it's also about, like, he shows free will. He's defying his creator. Even mm -hmm. though he is a program, basically, AI, he has his own motivations, his own personality, and he can be like, fuck you to my creator. They're evil, mean, nasty people. Uh, his fear of death, his curiosity, his desire to learn, and a clear personality. Um, yeah, like, in thinking about that, because how many people has this, what's his face, probed with these things and just let back in and it's strictly just to like observe and go out but ergo's like no i actually want to explore myself and go out like in mm -hmm. that programming um and it's just taking on those steps i appreciate their dialogue that steps back and forth at the end that we read through the dialogue because it's the first time we've really seen stargate run through what they define as that sentient which then helps us in later kind of episodes clarify you know when do they draw the line at like at what um yeah and i appreciate the way that they got about it was because he was expressing emotion unique to himself not aligned with one of them it wasn't mirroring them it was and it was around death like he understood death yeah mm -hmm. i like how they they say hey you know he he is alive maybe you know he does deserve to live but we still get a choice in this mm -hmm. this is not you know we still need to decide if we want him to be in our brains, we didn't mm -hmm. consent to this. It goes yeah. back to consent as well. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Ergo is alive, but also like, we should not just accept this, you know, mm -hmm. like it at the end of the day, like we didn't allow this to happen. So we should get a choice in this. Um, I also thought, and this might be completely wrong. Please correct me, but it could be an allegory for like schizophrenia or is like um, hallucinating. It reminded me of the movie, like a beautiful mind, like seeing something, hearing something that's not really there. You kind of get that in those scenes where like we get the outside perspective where Ergo is not there, 
but they very clearly are interacting with something or someone. So from, and again, not fully educated, but like having yeah. worked with, so, um, cause what's even the word now it's, um, some people I follow on TikTok where they're, um, they, oh gosh, what do they call it? Like multiple. Oh, dissociated identity. identity disorder. No, but the, yeah. Or, so they're where people come forward or come back. Cause yeah. you know, that schizophrenic space, we're not the experts on that, but like, correct. I view it more. That's more of like, what I think the show is showing is more of like the hallucin, like the, like a mirage hallucination, but like, it's not a, they're not switching themselves. Like I feel like the Gould and the Choker would be more of the like one personality come forward and then the other that's yeah. in the body that would be different. Yeah, I mean I've transported people that are diagnosed yeah. schizophrenic though that that were having full blown hallucinations. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, yeah. one guy was hallucinating the entire Book of Revelations in his backyard. So that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, and. <laughs> The best part about that transport, he was a really nice dude, but he was just like seeing all this stuff and like oh, that's so sad. He, he was talking to an angel in the back of the ambulance the whole time. And every time I would have to ask him a question about like, you know, his name or things like that, he'd be like, hold on a second. Like he's shutting the angel up to like turn around and talk to me. Yeah. Um, it was wild, but like super nice guy, but like totally hallucinating all this stuff. And yeah. Interesting. Some of that also though is like um if it's if it's drug abuse induced mm -hmm. schizophrenia, which can happen too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've transported multiple people that were doing that hallucination thing, kind of like Ergo, like the guy that was literally yeah. telling an angel to be quiet, mm -hmm. like up in the corner of the ambulance. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Lexa yeah. made a comment questioning neurodivergency. No, I mean, because like I'm neurodivergent. Like I think there's a spectrum of it. I do think people who are neuro neurodivergent can go into that space, but it's I wouldn't necessarily say that's the same thing. Uh, and obviously like they portray it in a very humorous way because mm -hmm. that can be very dark and like yeah. disturbing for people. So it was very, a very humorous way of putting it. Mm -hmm. They like also the best case scenario. Yeah. I think Hollywood in general also portrays that concept in a very accessible, like concrete way, which is not, you know, how it yeah. actually necessarily happens. how it actually is perceived by the person who is perceiving it. So, but you know what, actually to go, I think the way that I could see it as neurodivergent is like, I, I do have conversations within myself and talk out loud a lot. So there's probably a lot of imaginary dialogue going on that like I am talking to myself. Mm -hmm. So I could see that representation because very much like I could be a Sam Carter, like replaying something in my head or a conversation, debating myself down a hallway and be like, what is going on? It's just like me working a thought out. So that would be yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, also, like if you think about, and again, not an expert, just like posing the thought, but like, and we watched this in health class in like ninth grade, A Beautiful Mind, which that movie was not very accurate to the actual John Nash. His hallucinations were auditory. He did not have visual hallucinations. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it, this is how it was explained in health class. It was like, it's all comes down to the chemical breakdown in your mind. Mm -hmm. Because I think someone asked was like, well, how can they hear something that's not there? That doesn't make sense. But it's like, mm -hmm. it's all in your brain. The your brain yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's all your brain makes you, it tells you how things feel and touch and it can basically get mixed up and tell you something is there if it's not. So it makes a lot of sense how they portrayed Ergo is like, he's literally in their brain. So of mm -hmm. course they can all see and hear him 
and of course he can enhance their their sensation so i thought it it was a very optimistic way of looking at like schizophrenia or something like that but again like we all know that's not ever really how it works um no. it can like really mess with people's lives yeah. on a profound level it's it's really it's really unfortunate how much it does like it, there's still a massive stigma against it too like even in healthcare which is just really sad to see because you know yeah. he's, he, people are the schizophrenic people are human beings you know so yeah um yeah and even with in in a beautiful mind like john nash that was i forget like what decade it was in but the medication they gave him to help like hindered him he couldn't function as a human with the medication so like he kind of had to make the choice of like well i guess i'm just gonna deal with my hallucinations and this could all be like hollywood it could not be truly how it went out but that's how it was portrayed in the movie mm -hmm. so i think there's just a not enough known about it and mm -hmm. the medications they have probably still have a long way to go we have one kitty that made an appearance tux hi tuxy i can't believe ergo the entire episode oh he's he just moved around if you can see he completely they completely have dented that part of my couch from oh, laying gosh. there all the time and then yeah. Luna is in the little cactus yurt at the bottom. So cute. Yeah, no, sorry. Tux was biting my foot. So he was <laughs> wanting attention. attention. So here we are. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah you so want that... to Oh, careful. I love him. He's <laughs> he's a big, he is a big boy. Yeah. You want to say hi? Look. He's a big he's boy. A, oh, my big. gosh. Look he's at him. Oh. <laughs> he's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> hi. I'm sorry. Hi, you cut away here. But yeah, what else you got? That was it. I just, that was Ergo. Very nice. funny episode. One of my favorites. It's such a feel good. I put it on every time I want to laugh. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's I like. wonderful. I like the discussion about sentience. I mm -hmm. like that it's also kind of like about consent where it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, he's alive and all, but like we also matter in this and we can't mm -hmm. just be a vehicle for this thing. And it ruined our lives. Yeah. So. I, one thing I love just, just back to Dom DeLuise is like when he plays um, Togar, he like, <laughs> he tries to tone his Dom DeLuise-ness down a little bit, but is not yeah. successful in it at all. No. He's yeah. very much still just like, okay, you're still just Dom DeLuise. Like, yeah. I love yeah. it so much. Yeah. yeah. So, good. so we never go back to that planet or ever hear from them again. We never get to share their technology. And again, like, I kind of just realized in the, what in this current rewatch of, like, wait a minute, do they even remember him being removed or remember Togar at all? Maybe they don't. And they, they just yeah. have to do the brain scan to figure out if he's still there or not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. All right. Sarah, I feel like it's appropriately yours to close. Okay. I got to think. But also, um, next week. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> I, I'm aware. I can't wait to hear your thoughts because next week we're doing Rebecca's one of her least favorite episodes, a hundred days. Ah, we got this. Oh, I can't wait for you to be mad. I will close. I will close the iris for that one. Yeah, promise. Kay. Yeah. Okay. Oh man, I gotta. I gotta like ad lib something like ergo. I don't. I got nothing. <laughs> you want me to close the iris? I'll close the iris. I'll do it really fun too. I won't be boring like all of you guys. Boring. Okay. <laughs>